I've seen guys like you go under before. Guys that never had a worry. Then they got a hold of some dough and went goofy. Welcome to Drawing Funny, where we talk tunes with some sketchy characters in the comics industry and fandom. I'm your host, Lynn Workman. What the hell do you want? Hey gang, I occasionally will Google myself to see what my art is selling for online. If anyone is selling any of my supposed, quote, lost sketch cards, unquote, wink wink, or has been selling bootleg copies of my art. Yeah, it happens. You're local, brother. I don't know you nothing. But before I go any further, uh, some of you may not know exactly what a sketch card is. And that's okay. Many people aren't sure or even know that such a thing exists, much less that they are a collectible thing to buy, sell, or trade. I have to explain them from time to time. They're pretty simple, uh, but they're collectible pieces of unique art that can range in details and prices. They are basically hand-drawn trading cards, usually the same size as baseball cards, but some are larger and some can be smaller. Some cards are completely blank on the front, uh, some have a printed border and or a logo, or sometimes just a watermark. Usually the back has the set info printed on it, and sometimes a place for the artist to sign. Uh, the thickness, surface, and quality can vary. I've worked on cardstock that was awesome, and some that were complete, you know, nightmare-inducing crapola. This sucks! Some sets, it takes me a few cards to get the feel for how the paper and markers are going to work together, uh, or not work together. You stink! Artists draw on them in whatever medium they choose, although these days many companies prefer full-color work. Either markers, colored pencils, paints, dyes, watercolors, etc. Alright, what I need is a big fat magic marker. I mostly work in markers. Uh, Copic, Prismacolor, Letrasets. Uh, I use pens, such as the uh, Pigma Microns or the uh, Jelly Roll pens. I have uh, pencils, uh, usually a yellow number two pencil, and some Prismacolors, especially Prismacolor White, and some other uh, materials like uh, Copic White and uh, Spray Fixative Sealer. Uh, you can see some of my process uh, on my site, lenworkman.com. I use the same for most of my sketch cover comics as well. Again, I've got several step-by-steps on how I do that on my website, uh, if you'd like to check those out. And I've also kind of uh, discussed it in previous episodes, so, you know, just go back and check out some of the episodes in, in my archive. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. There are artists of varying skill levels and styles, and the prices for each card and artist can vary greatly. Some people go fully rendered, some folks just do a quick sketch on them. Uh, usually I go fully rendered. Uh, sometimes I go cartoony, sometimes full color, sometimes grayscale or black and white. I like to experiment on these assignments, and my style and art medium will vary depending on the set, number of cards, and the closer I am to the deadline. Strap yourselves in, boys. Once the art on the front of the card is finished, the artist can sign the back of the cards. Since my actual signature is pretty illegible, um, I usually just do a quick, you know, Lynn on the front of the card. And then on the back, I usually print my name and uh, usually my uh, website uh, just to make it easier for collectors to identify who drew the card. You will have collectors become fans of your work and they will want to you know, follow you and collect your cards. So making it easier for them to see that, yeah, this is one of yours, uh, especially if you're like me and you kind of change your style or you know, what you're working in from time to time. Uh, this this will help the uh, the collectors uh, identify your cards. Why does that name ring a bell? I don't know. Uh, maybe we owe money? When completed and the artwork has been approved, uh, the finished pieces are sent back to the card companies by the artist to be randomly inserted into card packs and then sold uh, to the general public. Bye, bye, bye! Sell, sell, sell! The odds of finding a sketch card or other chase cards can vary but many of the card sets I was a part of guaranteed at least one sketch card per box. I always describe it as finding a golden ticket in a Wonka chocolate bar, especially if you get certain artist or celebrity autograph cards. Augustus, how does it make you feel to be the first golden ticket finder? Hungry! I've done several sketchograph cards that are sketch cards that the celebrity playing the character has signed as well. It was really hard to send the Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill cards back. Hey, I knew that was one of you, the 
money. People buy the cards as a single pack, or by the box, or even whole cases, either at a retail store or they you know, order online. Odds of getting chase cards vary, as do the amount of cards per pack or box. Chase cards could be uh, you know, autograph cards, they could be printing plates, they could be specific uh, art cards. Yeah, it, it, it varies from, uh, from set to set. Go ahead. Make my day. Some folks are just fans or collectors. Some are flippers who sell them online, usually eBay or at shows, uh, retail shops or other places. And some are both who sell and or trade to support their hobby and obtain the cards they want for their collections. It's perfect. It's unbelievable. It's a miracle. The artists that work on each set get to keep what are known as artist returns or artist proofs. The number of just how many of these additional cards the artist gets to uh, keep varies from company to company, but usually it's in relation to how many cards they draw for the set. Uh, example, draw 100 cards and get 6 additional returns, plus 3 additional if all of your cards are in color. That's kind of the deal I had with tops. It's really varied for me over the years, but the more I did them, the less cards I had to draw went down and uh, my number of returns went up. Sometimes we also get a box of cards that are sent back with our return cards. And we could do with those cards whatever we wanted. Keep them you know, for ourselves, flip them, or um, open them up and hope to see if we, you know, we got a, a sketch card. Awesome! The number of cards assigned by the company to the artist can vary as well. I've done over 100 at a time and have done as little as 10 to 25 for a set. I had a friend, Steve Stanley, get me in touch with Tops to work on a Star Trek set, but I never heard anything back from the company. Steve was surprised to hear that, and when their Empire Strikes Back set call went out for available artists, Steve told me to try again since they were having a hard time finding artists to work in color and that could actually complete their cards and on time. I sent another email with samples of my work to the art talent director, but this time in the subject line I wrote, Have markers, can hit deadlines. I got an almost immediate response. I got the Empire gig and worked for them off and on for several years. Artists get paid very little money to draw the cards and make their money on selling the artist return proofs at shows, uh, personal websites, eBay retailers, or you know other uh, venues and outlets. I've made anywhere from, I want to say a dollar and a half to two dollars a card to up about five dollars a card. Man could retire on that amount of scratch. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get rich off of these things. Some also sell the whole box of cards they get or the chase cards in them. I've gotten a few cool cards over the years that are uh, still in my collection, uh, such as a uh, Ray Park autograph card. So far, I've worked on a little over 20 card sets, uh, several Star Wars sets for tops, uh, including the, the uh, Empire Strikes Back 3D wide vision ones, uh, a couple of Star Wars Galaxy sets, uh, Galactic Files, Masterworks, Chrome Perspectives, Rebels, uh, 501st Celebration uh, set. Most impressive. Uh, that wasn't for Tops. That was just for the, the 501st. Uh, but I did do uh, uh, Mars Attacks for Tops. Anybody got a pen? <laughs> I did uh, Transformers and Dead World and Fantasy Z cards for uh, Bragent. And I did Cryptozoic's uh, DC Women of Legend. I did a couple uh, for Viceroy. I did a Carnival and a Space 2 set. And then for uh, MSN cards, I did the Art of Robert Aragon, which were some horror cards. Uh, recently, I've been working on some sets for R.R. Parks, and uh, that's uh, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and a Zorro set, and a Halloween trick-or-treat set, uh, Ultraman, oh, and some uh, Series 4 cards, which are basically uh, movies that you probably have seen or not seen on the series Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, so a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> just... Bad MST3K movies, such as Puma Man. I've also drawn dozens of personal sketch cards, which are one-of-a-kind, hand-drawn, one-off cards done on my own personal sketch card blanks, and aren't part of any official license set. Uh, I usually sell these for a little bit 
you know, cheaper than, uh, or a lot cheaper than I do my official uh, artist returns. Make the money. Don't let it make you. You can find packs of uh, blank sketch cards online uh, or at many hobby and uh, art stores. Uh, I had my own uh, printed. They've got my name and uh, you know web address and all that on the on the back of the cards, and it's a fairly heavy uh, card stock. I really dig them. Uh, some of the first sketch cards I did um, were as uh, part of the Secret Sketch Card Society at the Comic Geek Speak Episode 300 anniversary event and at their CGS Super Show convention where many of the artists uh, traded sketch cards with each other. Uh, we each had like a, a, a little uh, badge that had the Secret Sketch Card Society on it, and that way we could identify each other. Identify target. I've also done a few sketch card commissions. Uh, I don't really do commissions anymore. Uh, I kind of tend to draw what I want to draw, when I want to draw it, and then you know, sell them. But I have done a couple of uh, sketch card commissions. And again, you can see all those at lynnworkman.com. Just go under the sketch cards uh, link in the menu. My sketch covers are under comics, so you can click on that to see those. I was selling my cards at uh, shows, conventions, you know, and on my website, uh, and as well as uh, eBay when I first got started. But now I only sell them and my sketch covers uh, exclusively through a local comic shop out in uh, Bartlett, just outside Memphis, called The Cellar. Uh, it helps fund my comics buying habit and, uh, like I said, it keeps me and Nikki in comics. I still have a good variety of uh, my cards and uh, sketch covers out there for anybody who's interested. So, you know, stop by, give them a yell, and, you know, pick up some uh, free drawing funny swag while you're out there. Hey, you made it! Free stuff for everybody! And since I mentioned sketch covers, very similar to sketch cards, uh, they're basically a comic book with an extra uh, cardstock type of cover on it. Uh, sometimes it just has the masthead logo on it. Uh, sometimes it may have a little bit of decoration around it in a area in the middle where you can draw. Uh, but basically they're comics that are produced specifically for you to draw your own covers on. And uh, you can do mashups, you can do you know, just pretty much anything you want to on the, on the sketch covers. I've done several of them and I, I really dig them because they're, they're a lot bigger than the sketch cards. And with my eyesight these days, yeah, bigger is better. That's what she said. Anyway, back to the uh, reason for this episode. The other day I ran across one of my old uh, blogs on, on my Lynn Workman site. And it was about a blog that I'd ran across uh, that featured a couple of my own DC Comics Women of Legend sketch cards. It's good, isn't it? You bet. Thankfully, they apparently liked my work, but not the prices I charged for it. They were able to find some on eBay or other sources that were at a fraction of the prices that had been on my site. I'm not going to post a link to their blog. Uh, yeah, I don't want anyone to contact or harass them. Just thought I would share what some collectors think of my art and what it's worth. Blogger. After taking a break yesterday from Sketch Card Week, I am returning with another sketch card featuring DC character Power Girl from the Cryptozoic DC Comics The Women of Legends set. This card features Power Girl in her short-lived New 52 costume, and the artist is Lynn Workman. He's got a card with Power Girl in her more recognizable costume for sale on his website, but the asking price is a little out of my range at the moment. I am still pretty happy with this card, though, as I had been wanting to get one of his sketches for a while. The right one finally popped up, and I was able to acquire it for my Power Girl sketch card PC. Pretty cool stuff. Comment. He's got some really cool sketch cards on his site especially the R2-D2 and Yoda ones. Not sure about the $165 price tags, though. Blogger. Yeah, that number seems a bit high to me. It would be hard to price your own art. That number is even harder to digest when I consider that I got this roughly equivalent sketch card for right around 10% of that. I don't know about their math. Ugh. Comment to the blogger. Maybe he sells them on a regular basis at that price. If that's the case, I don't blame him for pricing them at $165. You're definitely the go-to guy when it comes to artists and the going rates, so I trust your judgment way over my own. I personally just stick to sketch cards in the $20 and under range. Although I've paid $27.50 plus $250 shipping for my 2008 Stadium Club Steve Carlton sketch card, and it's a terrible rendition of Lefty. This is the blogger again. He very well could sell them at that price. If I had the money, I would probably buy them at that price. I don't have the budget for that, though, 
so I tend to pick and choose and snipe auctions for my sketch cards of favorite artists or characters. Most of my sketches come in under the $20 mark as well, but on occasion I will go higher for one I really like. I am surprised at the amount of quality stuff that slips through eBay for just pennies because of poor auction titles and descriptions, weird auction ending times, and low buy it now prices. Because of my low ceiling, I miss out on a ton of sketches that I really like, but I've got a sketch card watch list several pages long that I'm constantly updating. So if a seller drops a price or an auction is getting close to ending with no bidding action, I'm ready to snatch it up. And the blogger posted, This is a Supergirl sketch card by Lynn Workman from the Cryptozoic DC Comics Women of Legend trading card set. I already have a Power Girl sketch done by him for this set, depicting her in her short-lived new 52 uniform. I grabbed this one on eBay. I'm not particularly a Supergirl fan, but I recognize Workman's art style and signature and the price was right, so I jumped on it. I like the sketch cards I've gotten from him, and I was happy to add this one to my collection for the price of a few packs of cards. Comment. Wowza, just checked out his store. He has a sweet Yoda sketch, but this price tag is way too high for my budget. Blogger. Yeah, the sketches in his web store seem to be priced fairly high. I'm sure he has his reasons. He's got a sketch of Power Girl in her more famous uniform that I'd like to have, but I can't justify spending that much on it. That was the end of their conversation. So... They apparently like to stay in the $20 and under range for sketch cards. Uh, by the way, the R2-D2 that they mentioned, yeah, that was for a Galactic file set. I've sold some of my more uh, quickie personal sketch cards for $20 or under, but I really can't let official licensed sketch cards go for that little. Sorry, just it's not going to happen. Even if the market has become somewhat flooded, which trust me, it has, I can't devalue them, especially ones I've spent over an hour or more on and have spent hundreds of dollars on art supplies to be able to do them. Sorry, but I, I just can't give them away for pennies on the dollar for what goes into them. I have had sales before on my website uh, a few times, uh, even on some of my paintings, and have even uh, given discounts for ordering more than one. Uh, I usually drop the prices on the sketch cards by like 15 to $25 each. But some folks have wanted me to go half price on them, which should basically be a two-for-one sale, and I, I just can't do that. No problem whatsoever, but only for you, Mr. Jacobs, because you're our number one customer. They are what they are. Take them or leave them. One of the uh, Google searches I did, eh, I saw several of my cards going for $20 to $100. So, you know, if you want to shop for bargains, they're out there. You just got to do some research and homework. When I can afford to pay for it, I will, but I can't, so I'm not going to. I decided to contact that sketch card blogger and let them know why I charge what I do. Here's what I sent. Hey, saw a few of my cards mentioned on your blog. Thought I'd reply back to some of the things said in it and some of the replies. Don't know if you're aware of what the going rate from companies like Tops is or not. The reason the prices artists ask for their returns or APs are high is because sketch card artists usually only get paid $1.50 to $5 each to draw the ones that go in the sets. We usually only get a few returns that we can sell online or at shows to make it worth doing any at all. For folks like Katie Cook and Adam Hughes, cards go for crazy bank. Flippers love finding them. I've retired from doing sketch cards because the pay works out to way less than minimum wage, even if the return sells. I've had net 30 invoices to companies become six-month ones after several unanswered emails. The card stock is usually poor or has graphics printed all over them. Deadlines are ridiculous. The market got oversaturated, I've had people offer me half of my asking price or less, and I've had tops, quote, lose 10 of my finished returns just to send me 10 blanks and go, oops, are bad. And another company almost misplaced an entire set. Thankfully, they were signed for when delivered and eventually found. Most of my early Star Wars cards sold for $150 to $300 each which helped a lot when I was laid off from my day job and freelancing, especially the Empire Strikes Back Wide Vision and First Galaxy sets I did. They sold really well for the first few sets, then started to drop off. I got a new job and only did a set or two a year after that. I dropped the prices down from 165 which included shipping and handling and insurance, to 150 and then $100 on my site for a while. Had been willing to do a discount for more than one when I had them at the $150 to $165 price, 
Saw some flippers asking for more than that on eBay. Good luck. Heck, I've had people turn their noses up at my non-set personal sketch cards that I sell for $20 to $30 each. Glad you have enjoyed my work, and I understand not being able to spend a lot. There's a lot of art I can't afford to own. Would buy more from others if I could have sold more of mine. It was fun at first to draw licensed characters and try different art styles, mediums, and techniques, and keep in practice, but sketch cards just really aren't worth the hassle these days. I occasionally do a sketch cover or painting here or there, but I've pretty much cut back on most of my art. I've quit doing any commissions of any kind, and no longer set up at cons or shows. I took all of my art, sketch cards, sketch covers, and paintings, off my website and sell a few of them through a local comic card shop called The Seller Now. They have been moving well there, and I don't have to worry about dealing with the United States Postal Service. Thanks, Lynn. I didn't get a response, and I don't know if it educated them any on what freelance artists can go through. I just felt like I had to let them know how things were for me and why I charge what I do for my art. Well, now you know too. I'm not mad at them at all, and I'm glad they like my work. Uh, it was actually nice to hear, and I appreciate the compliments. As a collector with limited disposable cash, I can understand where they're coming from. I love when I can find a bargain on some original art for my collection, although I personally would pass on paying you know, $30 for a sketch card with a terrible rendition of anyone. Yikes. Tell me you didn't pay money for this. I have lucked out and found some comic pages on eBay for, you know, $20 or less. I jumped on those. That was the minimum bid on those, and nobody bid against me, so, you know, yay. Hey, you won! If I was faster and doing quick doodles came easy for me, I'd do cheaper sketch cards and con sketches. It's just not the way I work, though. Uh, I wish I could. Man's got to know his limitations. I always wanted to have the collectors feel like they got a good card if they discovered one of mine in the card pack. Yeah, I didn't want them to open it up and go, Oh, I got a workman. I think it sucks. I also wanted the card companies to like what I did and call me back for future projects. I really wanted to be proud of the work I put out there. You're being very undue. They'll call back. Look, you see? Hey, this isn't the first time I've had folks say that I charge too much. And trust me, I've suffered sticker shock when I've wanted cool art. And not just original art, but, you know, prints. I think I'm fairly inexpensive compared to others out there, and I've even done free con sketches at shows. <laughs> even though that wasn't good enough for one person, and they looked at it like I gave them a piece of poo. Long story. This was no misunderstanding. I was there. I saw it. One of the reasons I stopped doing conventions, uh, commissioned work, and any sketch card gigs is that it's just not worth the time and the hassle anymore. It, you know, it really has to be something I, I really want to work on. Uh, people just don't want to spend the money, uh, at least not on my art. Whatever you're doing, it ain't working. You know, there are celeb photo ops and autographs to get, and, you know, Harley Quinn and Deadpool art prints to buy from the uh, wall of print guys. Yeah, it's me, Deadpool, and I got an offer that you can't refuse. I love cosplayers, but uh, apparently none of them carry any cash or credit cards to conventions, even though those Deadpool cosplayers have got plenty of pouches and pockets to put them in. Don't worry. You've got Daddy here. He's got credit cards and cash. One of the reasons I loved doing sketch cards for companies was that it was a legit chance to draw these characters I loved and try to make a living off of it. Same for drawing sketch covers. They are made to draw the licensed characters on and sell. And working on a lot of these sketch card gigs was a, a great way to add to my resume of you know, art jobs. It helps out when uh, conventions are interested in having you as a guest. And you are... These days, again, I, I very rarely do a sketch card gig. And I, I absolutely do no commissions anymore. I stop selling stuff on my website and uh, through eBay. Although... When I first started off uh, doing the sketch cards, uh, like I said, the eBay was the only way I, I sold them. Um, but no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I sold them through my website. Did I sell them through my website? No, I sold them through eBay at first uh, because I had the cards go. Those Empire Strikes Back cards went from 150 to about $300 a piece. And that helped pay for our wedding and, and honeymoon uh, because I was, I, I was unemployed at the time and was trying to do as much freelance work as I could. 
And what do you do, sir? I'm unemployed. Again, recently I did the RR Parks sketch card sets for the Zorro and Ultraman and uh, Series 4 and uh, Manos. I may do more in the future, but again, it just it has to be something that I, I really, really, really want to work on. And not too many of them so I don't get burnt out or have to like sweat the deadlines. Give me time! I want it now! What's the matter with those twops down there? I'm better off drawing what I want when I want and for how much I want than trying to make money at cons or over the internet. I feel much more sane these days and enjoy my art more when I do it. Plus, I don't have the cost of setting up at shows or the travel expenses. It's gotten really hard for me to make money or even break even at shows. Uh, most times I end up just going in the hole and would have been better off just staying at home and, and doing my art. It seems like the only time my art sells really well is at some charity auctions. Trust me, if I could make what my art goes for when someone else gets the money, I wouldn't need my day job. Employed? I did enjoy doing a lot of the sketch cards. Uh, they're a part of my life when I could use the extra income, and I love the drawing practice. Heck, like I said, the first Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Wide Vision ones helped pay for mine and Nikki's wedding and honeymoon. That money came at a time when we really, really needed it. But when it comes to most sketch card gigs, I just don't miss the low pay, short deadlines, long nights, or drawing that small. For the right property, you know, I come out of retirement from time to time, but the list of uh, properties I want to work on is becoming a very short one. <laughs> Getting to draw Space Monkeys for the Viceroy Space 2 set, uh, that, was, that was something I, I couldn't pass up. And... I could see myself doing a Ghostbusters or a Doctor Who or, you know, a 60s Batman set. I, I would love that. And maybe a couple others. But like I said, the, the list is growing fairly short. Never say never, right? Isn't that what superheroes do? I did have somebody uh, reply back to my uh, my blog post that I did on my site about this sort of thing here. And they said, Great read. I have been struggling with my shows here in Texas. There are just one or two other people doing sketch cards at any of the shows I appear at, and they give their work away. Quality is pretty weak, though. I asked $20 for mine. You do not see many people buying art, though, here in Texas. Most shows here have turned into celebrity meet and greets. Loved your post and will follow you. I replied back. Thanks. I always enjoy doing shows, but have hardly ever felt like drawing at shows. Bad lighting, cramped space, noisy conditions, uh, people bumping your table, folks not wanting to bother you because they think you're busy, so you lose some sales, and it's hard to keep an eye on things walking off with your head down while you're drawing. I applaud anyone who can draw at their tables at shows. Cons have definitely evolved since I started doing them over 20 years ago. When I started, comic cons were all about comics and the creators, and independent comics were popular. Now, not always the case. I did learn after I stopped self-publishing that if I didn't have anything new to sell, I should just skip any cons that I had gone to the previous year or so and, until I had new merch and art. I've tried comics, sketch covers, tees, cards, prints, sketches, stickers, printed canvases, paintings, and more. After I got my day job, my con rule was if I sold stuff, I could buy stuff. My sales have just gradually slowed down, even with the addition of new merch at each show. I'm not bitter, much, but think it's best that I've stepped away from setting up at shows. I really enjoy just attending them and getting to see what's going on at the whole show and not just the view from my table. Having my wife with me helped me to get out more than just going solo, but now I can see and do more. Really noticed a difference at Con K, which is a Doctor Who con in, in Huntsville. and look forward to seeing more of the Memphis Comic Expo or MCX or Donny Con when it rolls back around. Okay, got to get back to the drawing board. Thanks for stopping by, Lynn. I've tried many different avenues for uh, trying to sell my art and, and get it out there. I tried selling art through Cafe Press. I've tried to sell them through eBay. I've tried selling them through my own website, uh, selling them through the seller. I've tried selling them at conventions and other uh, festivals. I've tried doing art shows. I tried selling art through the DeSoto Arts Council. Um, 
I haven't tried Etsy yet. Uh, I know a few folks that do well through it, and other people have kind of been like, eh. I'm not crazy about dealing with eBay, and I, like I said, I did okay a few years back, but it just seems like um, the sketch card market has, has really gotten kind of flooded, and um, eBay's gone up on their fees, and I, again, I just just really don't feel like dealing with eBay right now. That's your business. I may occasionally try some on there just to you know dip my toes back in the water and see what does or doesn't work. I've looked at setting up a T Public account uh, after the first of the year to see if I can you know sell some of my art on teas and stickers and coffee mugs and masks or whatever. I'd offer you coffee, but my assistant is using a vacation time. Good time too. I've done art for a living. Uh, since right, you know, about a year or so after high school, you know, I started airbrushing in t-shirt shops. I uh, started uh, designing shirts for screen printing. Started screen printing shirts and other items. Uh, had a retail shop where I sold uh, our t-shirt designs and uh, stickers and that sort of thing. I've designed monuments like tombstones and uh, cemetery markers for a living. I've done a lot. Art-wise, uh, and again, even freelanced for a while, you know, doing you know the sketch cards or doing T-shirt designs or doing um, advertising type art and selling my paintings through art shows. Or well, I even forgot about the time that you know I self-published comics. So yeah, I've done a lot of stuff uh, art-wise for a living, but most of the time, even when I was trying to do my art, I had some kind of a you know art-related day job to uh, help pay the bills. I have not gotten rich off of doing my own art. I've had other people make decent bank off of my art, but like I've I've never pocketed that money. <laughs> money. <laughs> Lots of money. I told you all we needed was a good act and we'd clean up. Was selling things through the comic shop. I was doing okay there for a while, but with the pandemic, uh, you know, things have really slowed down. I occasionally will sell you know, a sketch card or a sketch cover, mostly sketch covers, uh, through the comic shop, uh, which is nice, you know, when I go in there to pick up my whole box of, of mine and Nikki's comics, I go, oh, hey, I've got that much credit. Okay, cool. So, you know, I get to walk out with my comics, and it, that's that's kind of cool, being able to, you know, support mine and Nikki's comics habit. But, again, with the, the pandemic, it's just sales have kind of dropped off, and, um, <laughs> You know, I've, I've seen people drop 20 to 100 bucks on a, you know, Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh card, but they just don't seem to want to pay $25 to $100 uh, for my sketch cards. We all know I'm not going to give you $100. I am looking for other venues to, to try and sell my art. If anybody out there has got any suggestions, man, I'd, I'd love to hear them. Um, if you've got any stories about selling your own art, you know, either good or bad, please give me a yell. Uh, it's podcast at drawingfunny.com. Would love to have you come on and, and talk about either your um, your victory stories or your horror stories. You know, it's either one's good. You have your story, I have mine. Uh, I mentioned earlier about selling uh, my art through the DeSoto Arts Council. I, I, I love the DeSoto Arts Council. I love what they do. Um, there's a South Haven Arts Council. There's an Olive Branch Arts Council. Uh, there's tons of, of Memphis art groups, and uh, you know, including the Mid-South Cartoonist Association that I'm part of. But for the Arts Council here in Hernando, the Soda Arts Council, I did okay for a while there selling you know, some of my prints. And uh, I had some of my uh, printed uh, stretched art canvases there. But it got to where it was like maybe I'd sell a print once a month. Then it became kind of every other month. And then maybe once a quarter I sold something. And one time I had uh, Tom Dees, one of the uh, the local reporters for Fox 13, I had him uh, post a picture of some of my art uh, hanging up in the bathroom at the DeSoto Arts Council. Now, I'm, I'm glad that they were displaying my art and trying to get it to sell. But, you know, I was a little happier just having it in, the, uh, in with the other prints out, out on the main floor in the little basket there. So whenever they asked for the artist to come in and pick up their the art that was there so they could kind of turn over things and uh, get new stuff in, I just I just went ahead and gathered up all my stuff and brought it home. Again, I, I love what they do. I love the 
the location. It's it's smaller than the past, you know, the previous two, but it's it's a great building. It's right there on uh, Highway 51 near Commerce, right there at the uh, Courthouse Square in Hernando. Uh, retail gallery space inside, but I just kind of feel that my art and what I do just wasn't really a great fit with theirs. This is my art, and it is dangerous. Uh, you know, they do more folk art, um, more landscapes, more nature stuff. And just, you know, that's not really what I do. What I'm trying to figure out is what is a good uh, good fit for my art? Where would it be appreciated? Where would it sell? Where, where would it be seen, even? Batman says there's hope, Mr. President. What more can one ask? I know there's a few places that have kind of popped up around Memphis, and uh, there's a few more art festivals here and there. Uh, this spring, you know, with, with the pandemic kind of going away, and hopefully things being a little bit safer to, you know, get out, especially, you know, like outdoor festivals, I may try and start setting up at those again. I've got, I've started a list of potential ones. I'd like to be a part of the, uh, the monster market. Art should terrify. Uh, and there's a few other like pop-up shops that I'd like to be part of, but again, it's it's trying to get them to contact you back in time uh, for you to be able to have stuff there in, in time to sell. I'm gonna have to keep on it and keep on them and just keep trying different avenues and, and see what fits and what's what's gonna work for me. If I do find anything that works, I'll be more than happy to share that you know that info with you. If you've got something that uh, has worked for you, please please share that. I figure it's easy money, you know. Okay, I've talked about the sketch cards and sketch covers and kind of what I charge for those. Again, uh, right now I'm charging $100 for the official uh, licensed artist returns uh, for like my Star Wars and, and Transformers and Mars Attacks and, and those. I'm charging $25 each for my personal sketch cards, and my two-sided sketch covers are $75 each. Whenever I do like a cartoony uh, or one-sided sketch cover, those are usually you know between $25 and $50, just depending on how much detail work goes into them. And those can be found at the, uh, the seller at Bartlett Boulevard out in Bartlett, Tennessee. All right, now the rest of you, I want to hear from some big money men. Where's all the high rollers? Now, my paintings, that's, that's always been an even trickier thing to try and figure out, you know, how to sell and how, just how to price them. Great, great, great. How much, how much, how much? I've mentioned this uh, in a previous episode about one of my first uh, art shows that I did with my monster pieces was at the uh, Nightmares uh, Stage Fright Haunted House out in Bartlett. Monsters can be made to fear. I did a Frankenstein piece, and I did a Wolfman, and I did a London After Midnight, and I did a Lon Chaney uh, Phantom of the Opera. About two foot by three foot or so uh, size, uh, black and white airbrush portraits. And I just had those hanging up uh, in the, uh, the lobby of the haunted house, uh, along with a few uh, cartoony paintings I did, uh, acrylic on canvas paintings I did, like Mickey Myers. And uh, Abby Normal. Abby Normal. The first big solo show I did was at Adam Shaw's studio over off of Broad Avenue, uh, kind of near Hollywood uh, in Memphis. It was another Monster Pieces show, and it was uh, Good to Be Bad, uh, Monster Portraits of Villainy. And they were all black and white hairbrush portraits. <laughs> what are they? Monsters? Again, about two by three up to, I think, the London After Midnight I, did, I redid was uh, about four by four. No, that one was five by five. And the Bella Lugosi uh, Dracula was uh, four by four. Yeah, that's right. Oh, boy. This family's come a long way from Transylvania when we used to pound stakes into each other. When I was talking to Adam about what should I price my paintings at, he was like, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe one to two. And I was like, really? You know, I was thinking more maybe, you know, three to five. And he goes, well, you know, if you think you can get three grand or more for each, 
go for it. And I was like, oh, we're talking grand. I was I was talking hundreds. Whoa, whoa, ho, ho, let's not go nuts. <laughs> yeah, he was saying, you know, one to one to two grand. And I was again, I was thinking, well, geez, I want to get more than 100 or 200 dollars for these things. A slender hope, Miss Kitka. More slender than you can know. Now, I did price the large five by five London after midnight at a thousand, and I think I ended up selling it to uh, my friends uh, Jim and Christina Hall for about seven fifty. I gave them the friends discount and um, even delivered it to them, but that helped pay uh, put a, a down payment on uh, my Dodge that I had for a while. To the Batmobile. I sold a few other paintings at that show, plus uh, at my Frankie Goes to Hollywood show and my elementary uh, Sherlock Holmes show at Theater Memphis, and then my Scared Silly show at the uh, Orpheum. Also did a couple of uh, smaller group shows there. And speaking of the Orpheum, yeah, I've, I've had my uh, chairs, uh, the canvas chairs I airbrushed for them, go for anywhere from 1000 uh, on up. Uh, there was a bidding war that got started on my uh, my Tigers chair, my Memphis Tigers chair, and uh, the Memphis uh, Broadway play chair I did. Both of those just had a lot of folks interested in them. And like I said, bidding war got started on it, and it was it was really fun to watch it happen there live, you know, sitting in the audience. And the good thing was that uh, the proceeds from those sales at the Orpheum, uh, those went to help build the Halloran Center next door. And if you haven't checked out the the Orpheum or the Halloran Center, I highly recommend uh, going to both. They're starting to have shows there. Uh, recently, my friend Kevin and I just got to go see Ray Parker Jr. perform at the uh, Halloran Center. He slimed me. Great venue. It was a lot of fun, and it, it was really cool to see the uh, the money from you know, the art that I donated go to this because it does help local kids uh, learn the uh, theater. Not just, you know, how to act in a play or dance in a play, but how to, you know, produce a play, how to do music for a play, how to do costuming and staging and, and lighting and, and all that. It's, it's, it's a really cool, cool venue, and it's, it's become this location that can help sustain itself by uh, running it out or doing other events like the Ray Parker Jr. concert or you know, running out their uh, conference room or the recording studio they have upstairs, or the, you know, the dance space downstairs. It's, you know, they've got a bar and, and everything. It's, it's, it's really cool. Like I said, if you get a chance, definitely check it out. Your cash is good at the bar. I haven't done a gallery space art show, uh, you know, other than Adam Shaw's. Uh, his was a studio gallery space, and, you know, it was a friend, and he was always willing to let me or uh, any of the members of the MSCA, you know, use the space. And I know that he would occasionally rent it out to other events and other artists. Unfortunately, Adam had to move uh, when his wife Penny got a new job out of town. Uh, but I miss the this, this studio space, and I, I really miss Adam and Penny. And uh, I'll post a link in the show notes so you can check out some of his art. He does some amazing uh, fine art paintings. And uh, he also got his start in airbrushing and uh, doing comics as well. Uh Back to, you know, my paintings and what I charge for, you know, what I charge. It's all about bucks, kid. The rest is conversation. It, it really varies on the size of the canvas and how much work I'm putting into it. But I usually, I usually sell them between about 250 to about, about 750 is, is the highest that I've actually sold one. Well, that's the rumor. Usually my average price uh, for a painting is about, you know, three to five hundred. I already got a guilty conscience. Might as well have the money, too. I do the uh, gallery-wrapped stretch canvases, and most of them are black and white, but I occasionally do uh, full-color paintings as well. I try to catch the canvases on sale when I can, uh, usually at Michael's. Um, they'll have like a, you know, like a 40-50% off sale. I'll pick up two or three of them then. I try not to have too many sitting around because, you know, like I said, if they're they're sitting in the garage, there's always the chance that they're they're going to get messed up, and that's just money out the window. 
and I have had a couple of them uh, right in the middle of doing them. You know, I'll come back and they've fallen over or something's fallen against it and, you know, ruined the painting. Got some old debts i got to pay off with this stuff. If you're an artist, uh, you know art supplies don't come cheap. And if they do, eh, they're probably not worth it. Michael, I will not permit you to throw your money away. My Copic markers uh, usually run between around $7 a piece, and the refills are about $7 or $8 a piece. I have caught them on sale from time to time. Uh, I got some of my wide Copics uh, on sale. Uh, they were clearancing them out, so I got them for like a buck, buck and a half a piece. You know, acrylic paints, they can be pricey, um, especially like your reds and, and, and certain colors. Brushes. Brushes can be really expensive. You know, you get into doing airbrushing. Well, that can get pricey too, especially when you start having to replace needles and tips. And airbrush paint has, uh, it's doubled or tripled since I first started you know, using it. I used Createx. Uh, I started off with Aquaflow, but it just kind of became harder and harder to find. And Createx is comparable and it was easier to find. And they had a, a bigger variety of colors uh, to use. And one of the reasons I do a lot of black and white portraits and is because I really only need white and black. Uh, I can usually mix a gray, uh, sometimes two grays. I may do a light gray and a dark gray, but I pretty much just have to buy you know two large bottles of paint and uh, mix my own. I prefer the glass bottles for the uh, the VL, the Pache VL that I use, but they can fall and break. Uh, so yeah. Sometimes having the plastic is better, but it's just, I don't I, I started off with the, the glass bottles, and I'm just kind of used to the, that shape, you know, that, that feel in my hand. Plus, they, they sit down sturdier you know, because they're, they're wider at the bottom. <laughs> That's marvelous. <laughs> my sketch cards, like I said, you can find uh, blanks uh, online or at uh, local you know, art stores. Uh, Bristol makes some. And they also do like watercolor ones, and uh, they do some that are a little bit thicker, almost like a um, like an art board instead of an art card. I had some custom blanks printed uh, for me and for the Mid South Cartoonists Association. You can find folks online that do that. When it came to doing my prints, um, I had those printed locally. Antonio Johnson, who's one of the uh, MSCA members, uh, he works for a printing company here in town. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look up the link for that, but uh, they're over off of uh, Democrat and uh, Airways. And I was have, having prints done through him, and before that I had a few done through Kinko's. But if you can do a larger run of prints, you know, from an actual printer, I I definitely recommend that. You know, shop around, see if there's anybody local, uh, see if you can, you know, talk to other artists and find out who they use and if they're happy with the quality and Check out some of their prints and just see what the the quality is, and if you're if you prefer a gloss or a matte finish, and uh, how big do you want to go? I, I usually did 11 by 17 or 11 by 14 prints, and I did have some uh, eight and a half by 11s. I just think that anything bigger than that is hard to sell at a show or hard to mail. If you go with anything bigger than 11 by 14, 11 by 17. You're probably going to want to roll them and ship them in a you know the mailing tube. Sometimes that's not even a guarantee they're going to arrive safely. I've, I know people that have had mailing tubes you know bent in half by the postman and then stuck in a mailbox. That's why I don't get me started on the whole shipping stuff. Is there a problem? <laughs> but I will say this about shipping: if you are going to ship, make sure that you pack it properly. Put it in a sleeve, uh, if, you know, in a, in a hard sleeve if you have to. Put uh, cardboard on both sides of it. Ship it flat in a decent box or get a good mailing tube and roll it and, and ship it in that. Make sure that you know what your shipping costs are going to be and add that to your, your prints. Uh, like I said, with the sketch cards, my 165 price, and even when I dropped it down to like 150 that included... Me putting it in a um, hard sleeve and then putting cardboard on either side of that, putting that into either a padded envelope or a, um, a hard envelope, and then uh, adding insurance to it. All those things cost, so you got to make sure that you are 
willing to uh, add that to your costs, uh, as well as if you're going to be using PayPal or if you're doing eBay, you're going to have your eBay fees or Etsy, you'll have your Etsy fees. All that will come out of your end if you're, you know, if you don't add that into your costs. I'm just doing my job. And if you're doing a Kickstarter, man, be sure to know what your shipping costs are going to be. Do a dummy prototype and weigh it and um, see how, you know, how much is it going to cost to ship it from where you are to California or to New York or to overseas or to Canada or to Mexico. This will, this will vary greatly. Uh, so know what your shipping costs are going to be or it's, it will eat you alive and you know, eat up all your profits. You act like everything's okay! So to repeat myself a bit, the reason I charge what I charge is because that's what I have to charge either because of time put in, uh, either because of the cost of my materials that I'm using, uh, the shipping, all that. It all goes in. You know, <laughs> would I love to sell you know, sketch cards for $20 a piece all day long? Sure. It'd be great. I got one! I finally got one! But when I put an hour or more time into each sketch card, yeah, it just... I can't, I can't do that. You know, I just, I just can't. I get it. You know, you, you want to have a little piece of art and who wants to spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on something that's only two and a half by, you know, three inches. I, I totally get that. But I just can't sell them for less than what I sell. It's the time I put into them, uh, the materials and, and all that. And even selling my personal sketch cards for like $25 a piece at the, uh, the seller you know, he still gets a cut of that. You know, they're on consignment. So I'm not getting the full $25 for it. Roger there! But it shows I rarely had anybody even interested in buying the cheaper sketch cards. Or I actually sold more sketch cards just walking around with them in my back pocket because I was at a, a local con to show uh, Joe Caroni, who's a, uh, a sketch card artist and star uh, official Star Wars artist, I was, you know, brought some to show him uh, what I did, and somebody uh, knew that I had them, and was like, "Hey, how much?" And so I, you know, I gave him a deal to to buy three of them. I think that was the most I've ever made at that convention, and I wasn't even set up. Get out of here. So yeah, I don't have all the answers, or eh, actually, hard, have hardly any answers on how to make my art sell or to help you sell your art, but. I do hope that maybe this has given you some ideas of how to do things or how not to do things. I didn't make it. I do recommend uh, getting together with a, a, you know, a local artist group. We can join them as a team! Find one that you do fit with, uh, whether it's a, you know, a cartoonist group or a fine arts group or you know, photography group, whatever it is. Uh, there's, there's strength in numbers, and you can learn so much from each other. And pull your your talent and your resources, and do a, a an art show or do a festival together. Go tandem on a on a booth or you know table space. You know, split the costs, and that way you got somebody there with you to uh, watch the table when you want to get up and walk around, or you know go hit the restroom, whatever. Oh come on, man! Let's do it, man! Let's be a team. If there are local art galleries, you know. Doesn't hurt to go in and at least introduce yourself and do a leave behind and you know talk to them, find out what are they looking for uh, for artists and you know what kind of uh, commissions do do they take off of sales. Look at other uh, venues such as you know theaters that have a a, a gallery space. Dude, I I, f I finally got I got the uh, the venue I wanted. The Mid South Cartoonists Association has got an art show coming up at the Germantown Community Theater in uh, January. Don't you read the news? Maybe you could teach an art class. That could help get your uh, your work seen, and or you know have uh, students interested in, in purchasing some of your work. That kid's gonna need some serious therapy, man. What kind of festivals are there uh, in your town or within driving distance? Unless you're somebody like uh, Daniel and Donna Davis with Steam Crow, you know. I don't recommend uh, loading up the van and, and going to hit shows uh, all across the country. Start small and kind of build your inventory, build your list of shows that do well for you. And again, if you, if you don't have new stuff to sell and show, maybe you want to skip a show that year and come back the next year. Some shows 
you know, if you do skip a year, well, then you kind of go to the back of uh, the list of vendors that are wanting a space. But you got to weigh it. Do you go and hold on to your space for hopefully doing better the next year and, you know, possibly losing a few bucks this year? Or maybe you didn't do so well, so you're going to skip that show and try somewhere else. Better luck next time, loser! It can be a gamble. You know, you're, you're rolling the dice every time you go and you set up. Uh, especially outdoor shows, you never know what the weather's going to be like. You don't know if there's going to be, you know, another event that happens to, to coincide with, you know, that same weekend date. You can do as much homework as, as as humanly possible, and something can still, you know, derail your plans. It happens. Be prepared for it and, you know, have a contingency plan and be able to make the best of it. Hit the deck! Turn that negative into a positive if you can. Tis the season to be jolly. I've had to completely, you know, turn on a dime at, at a show before. It's turbo time. Just be creative and, and don't stress. <laughs> it's just a show. No need to have your blood pressure spike for it. And speaking of uh, blood pressure, I recently went to the doctor and had my yearly physical, and my blood pressure is... <laughs> is actually great, uh, which is amazing, considering that, you know, a few years back, uh, it was through the roof, and that probably was due to me working, you know, on top of the hell mouth at the time. You know, change a job and, you know, some meds, and I'm, I'm doing okay. They went ahead and did a uh, an ultrasound on my neck and, uh, what do you call it, echocardiogram, whatever, you know, thing on my heart, and they tested the circulation in my arms and my legs and my feet and, and all that. And I'm in pretty good shape, you know, considering the shape I'm in. Oh, don't say that. Still having some uh, cramping issues with my hands uh, when I draw too much. And uh, got a little bit of uh, tennis elbow uh, happening, which is causing some uh, tingling in my fingers and a little burning sensation on, on one of my fingers. Getting uh, slight tremors uh, occasionally in my thumb and uh, pinky on my right hand. But that's, that's not my drawing hand. You know, just got the arthritis in, in the drawing hand. I'm getting to that age, so take care of yourself as an artist. Take breaks, you know, do stretching exercises, you know, see your doctor, eat right, get rest. I know deadlines are going to make you want to stay up all night to hit them and stuff like that, but just, you know, time management, and Don't let those deadlines uh, sneak up on you. Just get in there, crank it out, and enjoy doing the art. That's kind of what I'm... I'm looking to do is just enjoy doing art as much as I would love to, you know, make a living doing my art full time. It's just, it's just not happening. So I'm going to have to you know, look at different ways to uh, sell it. <laughs> if nothing else, just to keep me in art supplies. I am thankful that my wife thinks that markers and art supplies make good stocking stuffers. Dear Santa, could you send me a bike and a slinky? No, your father's been laid off. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas and, you know, good New Year, uh, happy holidays, you know, Merry Festivus for the rest of us, uh, all that stuff. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. I hope 2022 goes well for all of you. Past few years have been pretty rough, but I'm hoping that this, this coming year will be conducive or, you know, all of us being creative again. Are you out of your mind? Take care, stay tuned, and keep drawing funny. See ya, buddy. Drawing Funny is an MSA podcast. You can find out more about the Mid-South Cartoonists Association at midsouthcartoonists.org and on the MSCA Facebook page. Be sure to like that page and follow our group on Twitter at MSCA underscore Memphis and on Instagram at midsouthcartoonists. You can keep up with this show at any of those or on the show's site drawingfunny.com as well as on Twitter at drawingfunny1, that's drawingfunny with the number one, or Instagram at DrawingFunnyPod.
links and other info can be found in the show notes of each episode at drawingfunny.com. Shameless plug for me, I have my Lynn Workman, that's L-I-N Workman.com art site, and my geek travel blog and webcomic, HaveGeekWillTravel.com. My social media info and bio are on all those sites, along with several examples of my artwork. Thanks for listening. I hope to talk tunes with you all again real soon. Until then, stay tuned and keep drawing funny. You're still here. It's over. Go home.